Michigan Bold. My name is Taylor DeSormo, the sports editor at Central Michigan Life. We have Evan Shishella as our guest today. How are you doing, Evan? Doing wonderful. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. So we, uh, both Evan and I were at the men's and women's basketball tournament in Cleveland, Ohio. So we're going to talk about how that went this weekend and where both teams kind of are, are going from here. Um, we know where the men are going. The women, not quite yet. We won't know until tonight, Monday night. Um, but it should be an interesting postseason for both teams. Evan, first off, you were at the, the MAG tournament. What are some of the things you noticed um, from either team? It was just a complete opposite. Uh, the men were expected to do well at the beginning of the season, and they didn't. The women were projected to finish fifth in the MAC West. Mm-hmm. They won the MAC West, and they were three points away from winning a MAC tournament championship beginning into the NCAA tournament. Uh, let's start off with the men. A very disappointing uh, loss in Cleveland. That was a Thursday game at about 2.30 in the afternoon. We just got to Cleveland maybe a half hour before. Yep. We watched... Who was playing in that first game? Um, I think it was was it Akron. Akron beat somebody. It was a very close game by mm-hmm. like two points. Then Eastern we, Michigan, that's what it was. Yeah, and uh, then we saw Central Michigan play, and frankly, uh, they laid the egg in the second half. I don't know what other way to say it. Yeah, they were what four for twenty from the three point line. Yep, not three on me right there. I mean, Josh Kaczynski, your mo- one of your most prominent three point shooters, was zero for two. Uh, John Simons was zero for three. Yeah. Uh, that was just very disappointing. Uh, Keno Davis stuck with an eight-man rotation. just didn't work out for them. Uh, you had Deron Scott foul out coming off the bench. You can't have that in the tournament game like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had seven people, but you had Austin Stewart, Josh Kinski, both played less than 20 minutes. Luke Meyer also played less than 20 minutes. Luke Meyer got benched toward the, benched towards the end of the game. Yep, they John had, Simons had to play the five, didn't he? Yeah, it was just a very difficult game. The only person that did moderately well. A couple people were Chris Fowler and Braylon Rayson. Mm-hmm. Both ever got double figures, but for Bowling Green, they were the 12th seed in the tournament. Uh, they started off really good in non-conference play, then they struggled getting into MAC play, uh, but they proved that they were better than the 12th seed that they were. I mean, they beat Kent State on the Monday. That Kent State was a 5 seed, Yep. and they beat the 4 seed. Uh, they had a freshman guard by the name of Antoine Lillard. He had 26 points. He's a Cleveland native. Hit the game-winning three with 13 seconds left. It's just a big disappointment. That gave, I mean, that was the first lead of the second half, but mm-hmm. CMU had a, plenty of chances to put that game away in the second half, and they didn't do that. Yeah, definitely. The Chippewas, um, they, they didn't play particularly well, like you said, um, but it was Bowling Green. It was the 12 seed, so I think they had a little room to work with, um, but maybe not as much room as they'd hoped. Like we said, that the three-point shooting was pretty horrendous. They were 4-for-20, uh, which is not 3MU, like you said, and I think – Maybe the most glaring part that it can be overlooked is the free throws. Uh, 13 for 24, that's 54.2%. That's not what you want out of your free throws. When you lose by three points, I mean, even going 16 for 24, that's still only 66%. That would have gotten them a tie. So that kind of shows you. Now, granted, Bowling Green wasn't much better from the free throw department. They were 11 for 18, 61%. So it was really a poor free throw shooting day. Um, John Simons, he was able to bring in some boards. He had 16 rebounds, but since he had to play that five position because Luke Meyer and Duran Scott struggled, he really couldn't get out on the perimeter and shoot three-pointers. He only had three attempts and didn't make any of them. Um, it, like you said, it was just kind of a rough day. It seemed like, to me, I don't know about you, it seemed like they were still going to pull it off. They were kind of going to inch away with one, and then they were going to see what they had for Akron the next day and, and kind of saving it for that day maybe. I'm not sure. What, what did it feel like to you? Well, it was a six-point game at halftime. CMU had a six-point lead at the half. Mm-hmm. And it was just the problem they've had all year was thrown to the light again, their inability to play 
standout defense, what you need to do in this MAC. Uh, they only gave up 62 points, but Bowling Green shot 70% from the field in the second half. Now, I don't know if mm-hmm. that was just Bowling Green's day. They were on fire, but CMU just couldn't get any stops on defense. And you had John Simons had 16 rebounds, but everybody else had four or less. Yeah. You can't really have that uh, if you want to win that basketball game. Uh, I feel like CMU, I said before, they had opportunities to close this game away, uh, but just they just panicked at the end. There's a lot of panic. Uh, they just... When they got down with 13 seconds left, they had a couple plays, a couple turnovers at the end of the game. Yep. It was just panic time, uh, just no depth on the bench. It uh, wasn't developed the entire year, essentially, and that's probably what cost them. Uh, it's a young team. They'll learn from this game and move on to the CIT, but uh, Bowling Green was young. They had a first-year coach. He was energetic. He was fired up. They were just ready to play, and CMU wasn't, and that was the difference in the game. Yeah, they were. Well, CMU's really not that young of a team, though. They got four guys graduating, so um, like you said, the CIT is this Wednesday, um, College Insider Postseason Tournament, um, and they're going to host UT Martin at home, and it's the first um, postseason tournament that's not a MAC, not part of the MAC tournament that CMU's ever hosted um, since 1970, so it's going to be really interesting to, to see kind of who comes out, if there's a lot of people, if there's a lot of excitement. And even if this team, will they come out? Are they going to be ready? Um, all season they said they still have all their goals in front of them um, and up until the final second in the game on uh, last Thursday. They, the goals were still in front of them. They still could have won a MAC tournament. They were probably one of the favorites, honestly. They had won three in a row before losing to Western in overtime to end the regular season. Um, they were the four seed. They had a first-round bye. Um, they pretty much just had Akron to beat in the semifinals, and I think, I don't know if they were looking forward to that too early or what it was, uh, but it'll be interesting to see on Wednesday kind of who comes out and, and what they bring to the table. Uh, what, what are you expecting? I don't know, I know you've done a little bit of research on Tennessee Martin, not too much, but, but what are you expecting from this team on Wednesday? And is it, would you say it's kind of a blessing in disguise to have one more shot to finish their careers for Chris Fowler, John Simon, Stewart, and Simmons um, in a positive fashion? That's probably the only positive for the seniors right now is that they get to close their careers possibly at McGurk Arena, uh, get a standing ovation from the fans or some sort, continue playing basketball at CMU. That's probably the only positive. Uh, but right now, uh, just going back to last year when they shocked everybody, was number one seed in the MAT tournament. They were five points away from tying the game last year in the MAT tournament championship against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And this year – Everyone was talking about the expectations were high. You had Chris Fowler coming back, yep. and his goal throughout his four years at Central Michigan and the seniors' goal was to get to the NCAA tournament and win a MAC tournament, and that didn't happen this year. Yeah, and they were uh, devastated afterward. You could tell that they had it in front of them and they lost it. Right, you just see John Simons and Chris Fowler at the podium after the game, just sad, heads down. Their goal, their dreams were crushed. CIT isn't what you play for, nor is the CB, CBI, and the NIT is what they played in last year. Their goal this year was the NCAA tournament, and they thought they had the roster to do it. But you take a look at just what happened. Chris Fowler was out for the first seven games of the year. Uh, I think CMU went 3-4 and four down that stretch. They just started off very slow. Uh, had some off games from Luke Meyer and Deron Scott this year. They're in, they were good at some times, but inconsistent at other times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Race had a good year, but he can't do everything. Uh, John Simons picked his play up at the end of the season, but I don't think he was anywhere to where he was last year, yeah. uh, considering he was the preseason first-team All-Mac. Uh, the bench, uh, just... What bench? Exactly. Uh, three people, basically Austin Stewart, Josh Kennedy, Deron Scott. 
Uh, going back to Scott, he can play sometimes. He's not a scorer, but he had five fouls in eight minutes against Bowling Green. Uh, Josh Kaczynski, of course, didn't make a three he in that game. He played eight minutes and had five fouls? <laughs> yep. Oh, my gosh. And then Austin Stewart, was his versatility played off at the end of the season, but he was too was inconsistent. So there mm-hmm. was just problems all year. Uh, obviously, it wasn't the season CMU fans wanted. Now they got a chance to play for a CIT, which isn't glamorous. You're not going to get the glory from it, but you can say you won something. I mean, yeah. they won the MAC West title, disappointed finish in the MAC tournament, but they got lucky. They got invited to a tournament as the fourth seed in the MAC. Uh, all you have to do is win five games, and if your odds are good enough. They could be on your home turf because all games are played at campus sites. Uh, I think CMU's got to pay $30,000 uh, to play in this tournament if they host. Uh, Although they do make the money back from ticket sales. Make the money mm-hmm. back. Uh, students students are free. Yep. Uh, 15 bucks for lower bowl, 20 bucks for upper bowl. It's one last. Vice versa. 20 for lower. Vice versa. There it Thank is. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Uh, so probably last time you'll see Chris Fowler and all those seniors that the all-time lead in the assist leader, Chris Fowler, all-time three-point shooter, John Simons. Uh, fans should come out. Students should come out. Uh, this could be the last time you see them on Wednesday. Uh, UT Martin, they got four people that average double figures. I think mm-hmm. they're relatively similar to CMU. It'll be a close game. So, you know what? It was just a very disappointing season. They didn't make it to the NCAA tournament like these seniors have hoped. But yeah. the program's kind of restored and changed. And just one more shot to see them play as on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I think you look back – this is still a pretty successful season looking at maybe the past 10 years of CMU basketball. There's been a lot of unsuccessful seasons where they get 10, 12, 14 wins. They had 17 wins. They got a first-round bye. That's, it's pretty good. They still finished in the top third of the MAC and won the MAC West. But I think comparing it to last year, like you said, it's uh, it's pretty tough. Now, I know, Evan, you and I have been doing a little bit of research on what the CIT whole deal is. Um, if, if anyone can figure it out, uh, feel free to let us know because it is very – um, it's, it's not very organized, at least according to their website. So they said they reseed teams after each round, although teams aren't even seeded for the first round. So we know for sure CB's hosting uh, Tennessee Martin on Wednesday. After that, they could go literally anywhere in the country. Maybe they could host again. I'm not sure who decides if it's the better teams that host or the worst teams or whoever wants to. I mean, I, I don't really know how that works. Evan, do you understand that any better than I do? I guess it's just one of the time tournament. Uh, it's very weird format. Uh, it's not a bracket where you have the 64, 68 teams in the NCAA or 64 in the NIT. This is just play, and then you'll play after. <laughs> so I guess that's good for CMU. Uh, they don't have to worry about who they're going to play. Talk about one game at a time. Yeah, one game at a time. So <laughs> it's probably what Coach Keno Davis is going to say to his team. Who cares mm-hmm. about the next game? There is no next game for us until we win this game. So it's Chris Fowler's can tournament. Right. So. <laughs> one game at a time. One not game even at a time. Next yep. one. Every game's a championship game, and it's tr- certain for mm-hmm. this tournament. Now, believe it or not, CMU's never won a postseason game in, while they've been in Division One, regardless of CIT, CBI, NIT, whatever all these letters are. Um, do you think that they have a legitimate chance at winning a game? Like, where do you think CMU stacks up against these other teams? I think they have a chance of winning the game uh, just because they won the MAC West. And what we saw this past weekend, anyone that followed that tournament, all the teams being competitive, one through one seed through 12 seed, it was just an intense tournament in the MAC, uh, showed that it can be some of a good conference, very competitive. Uh, the CMU, I think uh, Tennessee Martins in the Ohio Valley Conference, they mm-hmm. split a share of their conference championship. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see 
Uh, them I think they lost in the title game too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of better than CMU in the tournament, but <laughs> both teams are very similar. I think uh, UT Martin has a better record. I think. Somewhere around the same thing is just CMU. Yeah. a lot of these teams are 17 and 15, 17, 18, 16 wins. So. So should be an interesting tournament. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. Uh, it's just going to be depend on CMU takes it seriously. They forget about, hey, we didn't make it to the NCAA, we didn't make it to IT, but mm-hmm. let's end the season with some pride, some support. We're going to have our fans here to come out on a Wednesday night mm-hmm. uh, coming for us to celebrate our senior class and what they've done. That's mm-hmm. what CMU's got to do. they just got to play, play hard and then understand what they're playing for. They're playing for CMU. Mm-hmm. Before we get into the women's side of things with how their, their games went, Looking into the future, crystal ball of, of this men's basketball team. Um, I know we talked about it today in our, our cover story with, with Marcus Keene being one of those guys maybe who might step up next year. He's a transfer student who didn't play this year. Um, what do you think about their chances coming up in the future, and maybe who's going to lead this team? Well, I mean, about going back to Marcus Keene, uh, he's obviously probably going to be the next Chris Fowler. The Fowler era is o- going to be over pretty soon. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Keene era for the next two seasons. Uh, a lot like Chris Fowler – can score the score more than Chris Fowler is what they're saying. Uh, he can score. He can rebound. Mm-hmm. Even as a guard, he can pass. Mm-hmm. He can do it all. And Keno Davis has said multiple times he's probably been the best scout player uh, in terms of scoring. And on most days, he he's a D1 starter. Uh, was at Youngtown State and now yeah, he's the leading over, scorer. He had 15 a game. Yep, leading mm-hmm. scorer. And he I guess CMU was able to win some games just because of what he brought to the scout team and and practice. So he's probably be your next Chris Fowler. Uh, mm-hmm. Brandon Rayson's coming back as a senior. Yep. A lot of positives from him this year. Uh, Hopefully some more consistency we can see next year. More consistency, but he still averaged 16 points a game uh, with his five foot nine frame and his ability to hit shots, clutch. He's very quick. Uh, you're going to lose John Simons, but Josh Kaczynski could step into a starting role as your three-point shooter. Uh, Luke Meyer, Deron Scott, they're going to be juniors. They're going to be balking up. I know Luke Meyer's going to stay back in Mount Pleasant over the summer and okay. work with a trainer, and you can see some positives there. Uh, but it's basically what you're working with. Uh, some freshmen are coming in, uh, mm-hmm. some new recruits. Uh, I think CMU's got a good recruiting class. They got a three-star from Iowa. They got another seven-footer, somewhat similar to Scott or Meyer mm-hmm. uh, from the Michigan area. So it's be freshmen. Uh, you can see Corey Redman step up. He had very minimal playing time this year, but yep. he's a three-point shooter off the bench. Uh, he's six foot seven, so this team will probably be all right. Uh, obviously, it may take some more time, uh, but it'll probably be maybe a repeat of the season, or it could be better. Mm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what happens. Um, Keen's story is real interesting. I got to talk to him a couple times, and um, yeah, he played high school basketball in Texas, and he actually kind of kind of like how he's coming in in the middle of. Um, his four years here, he did the same thing in high school. His parents were in the military, um, so they moved to Hawaii for a year, which is real weird. Um, they came back his sophomore year of high school, uh, moved to San Antonio, Texas again, and um, I talked to his high school coach, and he said it was just like they were missing one piece of the team, and, and Marcus Keene was almost that exact perfect fit. Um, he came in, he hit like five game-winning shots, he hit, including two during the playoffs in the same week. Um, he just had a lot of, of good things to say about Marcus and his how much he's really matured in the past bunch of years. Um, had some troubles at Youngstown State with the suspension, but he even Keen talked to me about it about how um, some of the mistakes he's really learned from and been able to grow from. And it's been um, really cool to to hear about this guy who's 
a lot of people think he's going to be the leader of this program next year, and he's just working away. He's plugging away. Um, Keno Davis said he never takes a practice off. He's probably the one of the hardest workers on that scout team. It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, they, they talked about how Chris Fowler almost even took him under his wing a little bit. Um, so to see if Marcus can really be that guy and come in right away, um, if they're able to just keep plugging and pick up where they left off and keep improving, or if they're going to kind of maybe take a, another dip. It'll be interesting to see. Um, so, yeah, to pick up our cover story and see him life, um, I think is pretty interesting about Marcus and, and what he might bring to the team next year. And everyone's always interested about the, the future and what's going to happen. So that, he might be the future of the CME men's basketball team. Speaking about the future, I think the women's basketball team has a bright one. Uh, they were supposed to finish fifth in the MAC, like you said, went all the way to the final, and then pushed it to overtime. And then what happened there, Evan? Went to overtime. It was tied 67-67 on Saturday, and it was a tie game, 71-71 with 3.4 seconds left. Uh, Buffalo guard Stephanie Reed hit a shot off the backboard uh, as time expired to send Buffalo to the Matt Tournament Championship and crush CMU's dreams. Uh, yeah, Buffalo was the eight seed. Right. CMU was the two seed. So Chippewas were expected to win that one. Um, what do you think happened down the stretch? I know they were up, I think, 61-56 about five minutes to go, and all of a sudden, um, is, I know Sue Guevara mentioned in the press conference that they may have panicked for the first time. There was some panic, I think. Uh, I think it started off from the beginning of the game. Uh, when the tip-off, four seconds in, Presley Hudson gets a foul. Mm -hmm. That's probably the last person on that team that you want to get a foul. The and one also. Sugo, yeah, mm -hmm. it was and one. Sue goes crazy when there's fouls like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Then she got another one uh, less than three minutes in the game, and there's like seven minutes left. Presley Hudson picks up her play, second yeah. foul. Yep. And then she sits on the bench the rest of the first half. That's what Buffalo was able to have some success early. They took Presley Hudson, the team's best scorer, out of the game early. Mm -hmm. Also, they played some solid defense on Cassie Breen. In the semifinals, Cassie Breen was 8 of 14 for three-point range. She was only 1 of 5 on Saturday. Yeah, That's her two top scores. So the CMU was forced to get the ball into Tanara Moore, uh, who had a good game. She led the team with 18 points, but... Uh, Cassie Ausler of Buffalo, she was their center. She kind of was able to get play some good defense on Tanara Moore later in the game. Uh, so it was just a game back and forth. CMU had a 12-0 run the second quarter that got them the lead back. Uh, they had some good punch play from Aaliyah Swery mm -hmm. and uh, Jewel Cotton, of course, uh, had nine points. So there was that. At the end of the game, though, I just feel like uh, they, they panicked. Like what Sue said, uh, there was a team that were fast-paced. Presley Hudson was playing, I think, with three fouls or four fouls, and she was almost fouled yeah. out of the game. Four fouls, also the Sonar Moore had four fouls too. Right, so there, there was that panic. Uh, Buffalo had some momentum. Uh, Stephanie Reed had a fantastic game with 10 points, but she played solid defense on Presley Hudson when she was in the game. She also had 12 assists. Right, and then uh, Joanna, Joanna Smith was probably – wow. The killer. She had 23 points. Seemed like every shot she took was going in. Seemed like when CMU during the game, they started to get some momentum. They made a shot, played a good good defense, got a key rebound, good steal. It seemed like Buffalo came right back, and it was just back and forth the entire game. And it went down to the last possession. Uh, maybe CMU got another possession. They could have scored, but it was just Buffalo had the ball last, and CMU kind of panicked, and they gave away the lead. Uh, I thought Riri Turner, the point guard, had – was the best player for CMU, in my opinion. Uh, she got hurt. She came out. Uh, she fell to the floor. She had some, a bandage on her shin. She mm -hmm. had 15 points and seven assists. And 
really was the catalyst for that offense when Presley Hudson was out of the game. Uh, uh, just very sad for CMU, just their season. Uh, it would have been nice for them to cap the season off and go to the NCAA tourney after the fifth place finish in the preseason poll, but mm-hmm. Buffalo had other plans. and. Yeah. We'll wait to see where CMU goes. Yeah, we talked about free throw shooting for the men, how how poor it was. CMU, the women, were 19th for 20 in the championship game. That's 95%. <coughs> That's pretty impressive. Um, like you said, uh, even Sukavara said that that last shot that Buffalo made, was con- it was contested. It was a tough shot. Um, and 3.4 seconds is a lot of time in basketball, especially when you can move the ball up after a timeout. And Buffalo proved that. And they get the confetti. So it was real interesting to, to see how that all happened and re- pretty unfortunate for the team um, just being heartbroken there at the end. It was real similar to the 2012 way it ended for CMU when Eastern hit a layup to win it over the women's team. So um, it'll definitely be motivating. I think that they're going to be ready for whatever postseason tournament comes their way. So Sukavara said it's probably going to be the WNIT. What do you think, Evan Shishella? I think we go with WNIT as well. Uh, just based on what I saw from the men's uh, Buffalo, of course, they're going to play Miami, Florida, Buffalo men, and the NCAA tourney. Mm-hmm. And Akron was second place. They were the number one seed in the MAC, and they're going yeah. to the NIT against Ohio State, mm-hmm. uh, which will be a good game, by the way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so based on that, the MAC, either men or women's, I think that's always just been a one big conference. You have to win the MAC tournament mm-hmm. to go anywhere. It's not a Power Five school. Uh, you generally don't play that good of a schedule. I know CMU women didn't play a ranked team all season. No. Much different from previous seasons. Yeah. Uh, so Still 22-10. and 10. I think it was their best, one of their best records actually in program history. I think second best or in terms of wins. And they received all the accolades they had. Sukavara had one of her best seasons as a head coach anywhere. Coach of the uh, year. Presley Hudson was freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. You had Jewel Cotton was sixth player, co-sixth player of the year. Tanara Moore had, I think she was second in the conference in field goal percentage. And she made the second team. So there's accolades all around, but so you, do you think at WNIT though? Not I don't, I don't know. They have a CBI or any other tournaments besides the WNIT. I believe they have one more mm-hmm. tournament other than it's not like men's. Men's there's five tournaments for men's. There's NCAA, mm-hmm. the NIT, yep. the Vegas 16, which was just added this year. Where if you're the 16 teams that don't make the NIT, that's where you go. Okay. Then there's the CIT and, and the, the CBI. CBI. So that's yeah. your big five right there. Like we said, alphabet soup. Yeah, I think the women's do have uh, fewer, but um, do you think they have a chance to compete in, in the WNIT? I feel like they do. Uh, they were able to compete every game they played in the MAC and especially that tournament. Uh, <clears throat> they found a way to fight back against Western. They were down by 15, came back and won that. Uh, they had a 12 nothing run against Eastern, then they won that after they were trailing. and mm-hmm. They were trailing a lot in this game in that first quarter. They were down by six after the first, but then they came back and took the lead and had almost had a lead going to uh, halftime, but Buffalo hit a shot as time expired again in the first <laughs> half to take the lead. Uh, so they're very competitive. Uh, their schedule set them up to just play their best fastball towards the end. Mm-hmm. They can win a game, and I, I don't think they've won a WNIT game uh, as a program, so this year might be the year. So what do you think about all these postseason games? It's almost like bowl season, it seems like, for me, where it used to be just a couple teams that really earned it, got some postseason play, and now it's almost like everybody and their brother gets a chance. So there's all these bowls for college football now. You have the CBI, the CIT, the WXYZ, whatever bowl or whatever kind of postseason tournament. What, what's your opinion on these postseason tournaments, and is there really anything that teams can take from them besides just maybe revenue? I like the postseason games. Uh just for all tournaments, I think 
clearly we watched the NCAA tournament March Madness and see all the crazy games. This past weekend, the, for the men's side, we saw a bunch of crazy things. Just, that was just for conference tournaments. Yeah. Uh, Michigan had the three against Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oklahoma almost had a half-court shot to win, but it was waved off, but that was still clutch. UConn had a six shot. Uh, so it's very competitive tournaments. Uh, NIT, you don't get the recognition necessarily. The games are in basically another another season. You just have to keep winning. Yeah. Uh, but for men's NIT, you go get to play at Mass Square Garden at the end, so that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just another way for these teams to continue playing basketball. It's a good for these seniors, for these programs who don't want to hand up the uniform just yet. Uh, yeah, if you lose your conference tournament, you're going to uh, – if you lose your conference tournament – then you're going to sulk probably <laughs> if you don't have any more basketball. Yep. Uh, so it's just another opportunity for teams to play, for fans to come out. Yeah, it's kind of a revenue brainer, uh, but it's just a fun way. If you College basketball, it's as entertaining as it has been in recent memory. Uh, a lot of upsets. This is probably going to be one of the craziest March Madnesses for the NCAA side, but mm-hmm. just for all these tournaments, there's going to be some good games and some fun basketball to watch. Yeah, I know personally for myself um, – I, I don't know how long these postseason games besides the NCAA tournament have been happening. Everybody watches the tournament games, maybe just for their bracket. Um, and people love seeing even those weird teams that are in there that, that slip into a tournament, um, the NCAAs. People still love those teams. When it comes to the NIT, I know I've seen it like flipping around on the channels and seeing ESPN before. I maybe have watched a little bit of the final before. If there's any teams, maybe um, if Michigan or Michigan State was ever in the NIT, I might have watched them a little bit. I know I really didn't watch too much of that, and especially the CBI and CIT. I just kept flipping through those channels. What What about you? Like before um, this year, were you prone to maybe watch any of these other postseason games besides the NCAA's? I feel like I watched NIT championships for maybe a half. That's my okay. viewing of the NIT. I think the CBI, CIT, those are get a laptop and watch it or a computer. Yeah. Uh, but the NCAA tournament, that's on True TV, that's on TNT, mm-hmm. that's on TBS, that's on CBS. They're all day. There's for like four games a day. It's for the weekend, too. It goes th- Thursday through Saturday or Sunday mm-hmm. for, until the first week of April. So it's just very intense to watch. It's everyone's favorite teams, all the Power 5 schools. Uh, it's just more exciting than the other tournaments, and that's nothing against the other tournaments mm-hmm. and other teams in those tournaments, but – Everyone wants to watch the NCAA tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. The NIT, I think, believe was before, and then the NCAA tournament it's blew been up. Been around a while, yeah. Yeah, and then that blew up, and now that's the lead tournament. But here, so I have a question for you: If you're watching your favorite team, whoever it is, would you rather your favorite team maybe go to the NCAA tournament and lose the first round, or maybe go to the NIT, CBI, CIT, and win the whole thing? Which one would you prefer as a fan? Probably the NCAA tournament losing the first round. Really? Uh, if you lose that first round game, you say, hey, I made the NCAA tournament. That's the most prestigious tournament. Uh, looks mm-hmm. good for recruits. Recruits mm-hmm. come in. Well, I want to go play maybe and possibly in the NCAA tournament. Maybe they lost the first round last year. Maybe I can come in and maybe in a few years we'll keep going, maybe win some games. Uh, the NIT, CIT, CBI, those are just consolation prizes. Those are for mm-hmm. the teams. Every, every team's goal is to make the NCAA tournament. That's just the consolation prize. Hey, we didn't make it, but we can go out on a high note, maybe win these games and yeah. maybe progress for next season. So final question for you. Between the men's and women's team, who do you think has a better chance to go further in their postseason tournament and then looking to the future? Um, who has the more promising future? I feel like the, woman, the men 
actually have a better shot making far, uh, farther in their tournament. Uh, women, whether it be the NCAA at large or NIT, uh, that's just some really good competition. That's some Power 5 schools right there. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a Big Ten school that's always a good conference. Maybe teams that are in the middle of that end up there. And yeah. I don't think... I don't think CMU, the women's team, have the size necessarily to go up against those teams. And they're certainly skilled enough. Uh, if you watch Presley Hudson, mm -hmm. Cassie Breen, they can put the ball up and put 70 to 90 points on the board easily. Yeah. Uh, but just a different atmosphere. Uh, you're probably going to be playing at a bigger arena, uh, more fans. Uh, so that's probably be difficult. The men, I feel like they're way too good for this tournament. Really? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, but... Of course, it was a very disappointing season. I feel like that was mm -hmm. most fans thought that CMU was going to go to the NCAA tournament, possibly win a game. Uh, but I feel like they can beat UT Martin and they can maybe win a few games. I don't feel like they're going to win it all. Mm -hmm. But it would be a nice way for these seniors to go out. So you're saying maybe the men are kind of in a, a middle fish in a small pond and um, maybe the opposite for the women. They're kind of also maybe that middle-sized fish in a bigger pond. they got a lot better competition to go against maybe. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a disappointing season for the men. That's why they end up in this predicament. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure they'd rather go to the NIT again if mm -hmm. they couldn't make the NCAA tournament. At least uh, you get to redeem yourself after the first round exit mm -hmm. in the NIT last year. But It's so crazy how close a season can be from being disappointing to being great. Because I know the men, after they won three in a row, if they'd have just barely beaten Western, they'd have won four in a row. Let's say they even win a couple games in the – MAC tournament and win the whole thing, all of a sudden it goes from being a really disappointing season to being maybe one of the best seasons ever in program history. And just a couple things didn't go their way. Um, that's the crazy thing about March, that you can really redeem your whole season or you can just flop in just a couple days. And um, unfortunately for both the men's and women's teams, they ended up flopping um, the men sooner than the women. But we'll see what these postseason tournaments bring. I'm going to be interested to see um, how both teams do. I know last year was really one of the first years either team had made a postseason in a little while, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, we'll, we'll still be following it. We'll still be covering all the games like normal, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and cm-life.com and all those things. Um, anything else you want to add, Evan, before we sign off? And talk about the women's future. Women's future, go ahead. Uh, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go back to what Sue Guevara said after that press conference mm -hmm. uh, on Saturday. Where she said, if you guys want to feel, go and sulk and feel like cow manure, go ahead. Or caca, she said also. Caca, yeah. <laughs> but she said, realize what we did. We were a fifth place team in the preseason poll. In the, just the West Division. In the West Division. Yeah. We went 6-5 and five in non-conference play. That was 2015. When the calendar year flipped, this team won eight games in a row. They were able to win the MAC West. Uh, they played in the MAC tournament, won two games, from, come from behind wins. They almost won the whole thing three points away from doing that mm -hmm. maybe they had the ball one more time time didn't expire they could have maybe played for double overtime or the win there and made it to the NCAA tournament mm -hmm. but this team Sugavara said that this team has added years to her coaching <laughs> life <laughs> I didn't know what that meant what did you take that as maybe she was going to get ready to retire and <laughs> maybe after last year when Crystal Bradford was here maybe maybe time to go, but this team, uh, Presley Hudson, Raina Frost, two freshmen that are in the gym before yeah, practice. So maybe young. An hour and a half. Just, uh, Coach Guevara said 
If uh, practice at 8 a.m., Presley Huss is in the gym at 6:45. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very young. They both were runner-ups for Michigan Miss Basketball in high school, mm-hmm. and she was able to get them. Uh, just this team. She said this is the hardest-working team and the hardest-working freshman class she's ever had. Yeah. Uh, even next year, they're going to lose the most big, biggest name is Riri Turner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Presley Hudson can easily play the point. You can side mm-hmm. Jewel Cotton back in the lineup. Your starting five next year probably is uh, Presley Hudson, Cassie Breen. Raina Frost, Nara Moore, and Jewel Cotton. And they'd be two sophomores and two juniors, so that would almost carry over a third year. Right, and then Jasmine Harris will be a senior coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leah Soiree, Imani Corley. Leah Soiree, Imani Corley mm-hmm. can get some time at point. Uh, they could have some good fr- another freshman class coming in that could be just as good as this one. Uh, mm-hmm. She's going to be able to get some recruits now. Uh, this team, you talk about their core four. That's Hudson, <laughs> Moore, Green, and Frost. Freshmen and sophomores, those two... Core four, I like that. You just coined that? Yeah, I coined that. The core four. The right, we just basketball. trademarked it just in case anyone wants to know. <laughs> in two seasons, they're going to be playing together, and they're going to make it back to Cleveland in that championship game, and maybe they'll win one. Uh, that's yet to be determined, but they have the perfect coach, uh, Sue Guevara. She can rally this team up, and they enjoy playing for her, and it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. This is why they, we call this Maroon and Bull, the bold prediction from Evan Shishello. They're going to make it back to the tournament, and they're going to win one, he says. Right. I think it's really interesting. You, part two of our cover story today was about Raina Frost. Um, she's a freshman. You just mentioned her. I thought one of the interesting parts of your story, Evan, was uh, she's played in a recess in her school in basketball from elementary school all the way through middle school. Um, she told one of her history teachers, you know what I, what I want to do when I grow up, I want to be a professional basketball player. And he, he kind of laughed at her and said, you know, you should probably have a backup plan. And then he went outside and watched her recess, and she was blocking all the guys. Um, and it was, he, you said that he almost spilled his coffee, and he went up to her and said, hey, I'm sorry, like, just keep working, like, you're going to be great. And I thought that was a really interesting part of her story. She comes from that little town in Reese. Um, what else did you learn about her and, when you talked to her and her family? Uh, she has a brother here at CMU. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. senior. His name is Matt, and uh, he tries to go as many games as he can. But talked about Raina Frost from a small town, Reese. It's about from where I live. It's 10 miles east of my hometown, which is Saginaw, Michigan. So it's in the thumb, right? It's in the thumb, mm-hmm. just right, right before the thumb, probably. How many people live you. there? I don't know. It's like a thousand thousands or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah, not very many. It's a town that where Matt said everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reese High School, she was. Runner-up for Miss Basketball. She was the player of the year for the Saginaw News and the Bay City Times. A mm-hmm. four-year starter. She was a captain. and They went undefeated regular seasons for freshman sophomore year. She's wow. had school records over there. and <coughs> She was offered late by Sue Guevara in the recruiting process because Sue said she thought she didn't need another post player. <laughs> and then she saw she played AAU ball with Presley Hudson, and that's where that came about. And This year, her first game in conference play in the MAC, she had a career-high 27 points. And then she, a couple weeks later, she had 20 rebounds. Mm-hmm. She wants to set the record for rebounds by the time she leaves CMU. That's I think that's 1,089. Yep, she's on pace for 1,150. She's on pace for 1,150. Uh, be very interesting, interesting to see, but she has great community support. Uh, 100, 150 people have come this year to watch her play. Uh, she's the talk of the town over there in Reese. She's it's like a 10% of the town. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, she's the first Division One basketball player to come from Reese. Uh, so she'll be here for the next few years, and we'll watch her develop. And it was just a really interesting story how she and Hudson and 
the core four. That's now we're going to call core four. The piece, the future of women's basketball here at CMU. I love that. Yeah, she even turned her ankle on Wednesday. I think she, was it a sprain? Was it sprained her ankle and that against West, Eastern. Uh, Against Western, and then against Eastern, she only played. Only played seven minutes, then comes back in the championship game, plays 28 minutes, grabs a team-high nine rebounds, and scores a couple points as well. I think you're definitely going to see a lot of cool things um, from her going forward, along with the rest of the the core four. So um, I I really think that's uh, a couple cool stories in CM Life uh, today, so feel free to pick up a copy and see what we got. We have a little bit about the men's and women's teams as well. also, tune in. We're going to have a story on cm-life.com right when we know where the women are going. We'll tell you. We'll tell you. give you a scouting report of, of the team, and we'll be covering the men's game on Wednesday um, right here at McGurk Arena. Um, they'll be playing UT Martin. So, well, it should be a good one. Maybe the, the seniors can get a, get another win and finish off McGurk Arena the right way. So, um, is that it, Evan? You, anything else you got? That's all I have. All right, sweet. Appreciate it. Thanks for jumping in today for for Surma. I'm sure he's watching somewhere. In, Come in back, Surma. We miss you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's about it here from the CM Life offices. Uh, again, that was Evan Shishella. My name is Taylor DeSormo. Thank you for tuning in to Maroon and Bold.